Are there days when you feel frustrated because you're not seeing progress, but yet you continue to do the same things over and over expecting a different result? Are there days you feel defeated, lost, or hopeless and feel like giving up? Well, you're in the right place, my friend, and I can help. This is the Road to Health podcast, and my name's Tamar, your host for this adventure. Join me on my perfectly imperfect journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the coaches I work with and make my goals and dreams a reality. I don't always manage to resist the temptations that life throws at me, but by working on developing the way I think and how I take action, I've learned to build a firm belief in my own ability to change. No one needs to take this journey alone, so if you want to be empowered to live up to your true potential and meet the challenge of change, join me on the Road to Health. Hey everyone, Tamar here from the Road to Health podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited you're here and I'm really pumped up because I just finished my first Discover Your Ikigai Challenge on Facebook and it was amazing. My heart is so full from having the members really engage and open up and start to discover their purpose and their passions They did it together, they encouraged each other, and that's why it just warms my heart. I actually got them to do an exercise where they reach out to some people they knew and asked for some information that, you know, put them out of their comfort zone. And, you know, I do this because part of my coaching is really to help people see what they can't see within themselves. And sometimes it's asking other people to actually recognize that and tell us what our strengths are and everybody is usually shocked at what they get back and I think that just helps you open up your mind to some possibilities because guys you are capable of so much more than you think. That being said I enjoyed this challenge so much that I'm going to host another one January 3rd to kick off the new year And if you don't want to wait until then, make sure you join us as I'm starting up a 90-day challenge. It is a program that you've heard me mention before, Mensana, which is Latin for healthy mind in a healthy body. It is an amazing program that I facilitate. So if you're interested in joining that before January 3rd, we're going to get a group started here just so we can get through those holidays and make sure we're focused and on track so we're ahead of the game come 2021. So reach out tomorrow at theroadforward.ca for some more information on that. We are going to be starting that next weekend, so, uh, so don't miss out. Okay, guys, make sure you listen to next week's episode. I have an announcement for you. I'm going to be doing a show basically going over 2020. You know, I mean, it's probably an understatement that 2020 is a year that a lot of us just want to move past and kind of forget ever happened. But, you know, it wasn't bad for all of us. I think some of us really took advantage of basically being forced to slow down. And I know myself, I was one of those people. And it's part of the reason why I've decided to pivot And so I'm going to be making that announcement next week. So make sure you tune in February. There's some big things happening and I want you guys all to be a part of it. I also want your feedback. You know, I I want you to tell me what you think because I do this for you guys. I really want to inspire you guys to, you know, do what you are meant to do and 
really embrace who you are. So anyways, guys, I'm really excited for next week. Make sure you stay tuned. But why don't we get into today's episode? You guys are in for a treat today. I'm interviewing my friend, Dr. Grace, who's a seasoned doctor and a science lover, and also just launched her brand new podcast called the Uncommon Medicine Podcast. You have to go check it out. It's absolutely phenomenal. And guys, I believe she interviews some celebrities in there, so you're not going to want to miss that. I'll make sure I put the link in the show notes. We talked about joint pain because, of course, that is a topic that I know a lot of us, uh, especially if you're in my age range around the 45, uh, we struggle with. And so she gives us some amazing solutions for that. We also talked about addiction and some supplements that she recommends for those of you who have suffered from addiction before to repair the brain and the body. So make sure you've got a notepad and a pen because you're definitely going to want to take notes on this and enjoy the show. Welcome back everyone. I'm hanging out with my friend Dr. Grace and I'm going to try and get through this in one sweep. You're a seasoned doctor, a science lover who wants to push through the status quo with an unapologetic truth, scientific validity, experience, and laughter. Welcome to the show, Dr. Grace. Thank you. Thank you so much. That pretty much sums it up. Yes. I did it. And all in one <laughs> sentence. So that was, I feel pretty good about myself Yeah, right that's now. great. Good job. <laughs> and you are just weeks away from launching the Uncommon Medicine podcast, which is super exciting. Yes, yes, I'm very excited about that. And of course, the un is in brackets, because what's very common to me and what I've seen in my practice for years is still very uncommon to most people. So it's time to change that. And that's oh, what I can't wait. We're gonna we'll post a link in the show notes, of course, and make sure we promote that. So who is Dr. Grace? And what inspired you to get to where you are today? Oh, just let's just start with the light question, shall we? Just keep it light. <laughs> just keep, keep it, light. it light. Who is she? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I am um, a Midwestern girl at heart. I grew up in Wisconsin, was there until I went to college when I was 18, and then uh, went to University of Minnesota, Minneapolis, got my degree in psychology, double major in bio, and did a year of cancer research and immunology before moving out to the West Coast to become a chiropractor. And, and um, I was inspired to do the integrative and alternative medicine path because I just had seen so much, either seen or had half the injuries out there because I was a professional athlete. I was um, a water skier and I worked at SeaWorld in San Diego, Cypress Gardens in Florida, doing the pyramids and, and all the other good stuff you see in a show. And um, I saw a lot of my friends and, and teammates having their knees being blown out all the time and having surgery for this and for that. And, and I just felt like, God, there's just got to be a better way. There can't be just the surgical route for this. Because then once you have the surgery, then that was it. And especially at that time, the surgical procedures were so much more invasive and aggressive. So um, that's why I took my geeky science mind into my athletic background and kind of melted the two together and became the doctor that I am today. And from there, I um, lived in California for 18 years. So I grew up in Wisconsin for 18. I was in California for 18 and had my business there was in the concierge market 
Um, I lived in San Francisco for 13 years and then in Los Angeles and worked in Beverly Hills and Malibu and Pacific Palisades and that kind of area. And so I worked with a lot of professional athletes and celebrities and um, executives, CEOs, that kind of thing. And I still do now. I've just relocated to the Midwest again and and um, and bringing all my years of training and, and experience to a region of the world that doesn't really see much of it. So I'm like a little unicorn here, which is fun. <laughs> That's awesome. I love yeah. it. <laughs> and, you know, because in Los Angeles, I mean, I was just down there in February before everything hit. They're very like into, you know, like you see veganism and all that stuff. Oh, like, God, yeah. There's restaurants for everything now, yes. like specific, right? Whereas yes. I'm guessing where you are, it's not yeah, that not, way. Not so much. Yeah, no, not in, not in Wisconsin. Nope. Uh, <laughs> it is changing, though. Uh, I have to admit, of all the states in the Midwestern area, you know, Wisconsin builds its pride on its farms and farming as, as an industry still, but a small farm industry. That's what's so awesome about it. We're not looking at the gigantic, you know, feedlots with a thousand heads of, of cattle that are just being treated like shit and living in it literally. And all that stress and all that toxic stuff that they're given goes into our bodies then too. And I just, I just do not and will not support an industry that does that. And Wisconsin, to its credit, has has kept the, the, the farms quite small. And the ones that are even a little bit bigger tend to be very conscious of making sure that the animals, you know, generally only see one bad day, which is kind of the way I like to look at it. So yeah, um, LA definitely is far more advanced with having more people understanding this kind of life and lifestyle. Uh, however, the rest of the world is catching up and, and it's because of people like me that, you know, move back and bring it back. So that's, that's why I like being back here too. Wisconsin needed its unicorn. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, I, I think I should stay. Clerp, clerp. <laughs> I have a vision right now of you galloping, <laughs> saving Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you, we talked about about yeah. before the interview. You specialize in a lot of def different things, but what are some of the like top things you specialize in? Well, my science career has just made me the most geekiest person, honestly. And I'm just fascinated by it. I never will stop being fascinated by science and, and medicine and how they come together, especially with ancient wisdom and, and nature. I mean, it, it's, it's so valuable and valid and works. And some of the things that I particularly like to use are high-tech therapeutic devices that accelerate tissue healing and well, as well as help with the facilitation of de detoxification and optimizing body function really fast, like lightning fast, like quantum speed kind of stuff. So I use cold laser therapy. I do cellular cleanse therapy that I love. Um, my, my supplement programs that I have are designated with very specific companies that design some very specific protocols to get into the cell structure and really reconfigure your body from the cellular level on out. And so accelerated tissue repair, um, gut repair, gut brain axis, and um, athletic peak performance. These these guys are all like my my happy zones, my my favorites. Your faves. So yeah. I 
um, and this is because I want to know this question now. I had um, microfracture surgery about nine years ago and then my other knee eight years ago and because I have osteoarthritis and for me I like to stay active but it's my knees are terrible now like mm. you, you mentioned the surgery right sometimes people go in and mm -hmm. have surgery and it's worse and for me I feel like it's it's horrible like I go for a long long walk and even though it's not high impact I still come back and I have achy knees all the time Yep. Um, I hear that with a lot of people who get into their 40s, they start to get more achy, their joints. What would you recommend for that? Uh, I would have a two-step process for this. Um, first and foremost, I would want to see what kind of nutrients your body gets so that what your cells need to function better and not be in an inflamed state all the time. Like, why are you in pain all the time? Why? What are you eating? <laughs> I would, I would want to start there. So I would, I would look at some blood markers that could talk about that. We'd start the cheapest way first and foremost is just doing a food journal for me and seeing on a weekly basis what you normally, what I like to say is whatever you put in your face. <laughs> so <laughs> whatever you eat, I want you to write it down and the time that you had it. So if it's a snack, if it's a drink, whatever it is, um, write it down. and we can, So we can at least get to the bottom of what you may be doing to alter your body's ability to not be in an inflamed state in the first place. Um, then obviously we want to look at the mechanics. Do you have a lot of loss of cartilage? Do you have a lot of degrees in angle? There's um, something that I look at, it's called the Q angle. And that is a measurement that's taken between the inner part of your knee and how far it goes in towards the other knee, as opposed to looking at your hip. So if you have a big angle, that will cause a lot of dysfunction over time. And then that means that we need to structurally fix that. So improving muscle strength in very specific areas so that your gait improves, that kind of thing. But if you're just on it constantly getting this like pain right after you have fitness and any kind of ac physical activity, then I, I would always I'd go into the devices of the machines and the fun stuff too. So first we look at your cells, making sure you're, you're anti-inflammatory diet and, and have, and you're giving your body what you need to not be in an inflamed state. Then we would look at the structure and making sure that how you're walking, what muscles are being used are working as much as they should and that you have the right muscles built up in the right way. And then if we're still having issues there too, then we add in the, um, Devices like, um, uh, <laughs> I can see it. I just can't think of the name of it right now. PEMF. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> Obviously, I need to use a little bit of this on my brain right now. Okay. So, um, the PEMF will help with, um, decreasing inflammation. Cold laser therapy. I would highly recommend looking into ozone injections as well as prolotherapy injections. Both of those, unlike getting steroid injections, steroid injections will just go in the area, stop that pain from being felt, right? Well, that doesn't mean that you're fixing anything though. And if you're not feeling the pain, that means you're walking through. Pain is there for a reason. It's there to stop you from damaging the tissue even more. Mm -hmm. So if you're not doing something to have that sensation of pain, well, then you're just by the time that, that that steroid wears off, now you've just damaged yourself more. So 
what I like to look at is ozone therapy and prolotherapy. Prolotherapy is actually really great because it helps to regrow tissue that is difficult to grow in those areas and brings down the pain that way too. So, and ozone t- tends to do the same thing. Oh, I love that. I'm going to be looking into those right mm-hmm. away. And I, and, and those, and it's also just cheaper than stem cell. I mean, stem cell is just the gold standard for, as far as I'm concerned, but a lot of people don't have $10,000 to plunk down per knee. So let's look at these other options first and then, and then we can go from there. Yeah. And food. I mean, I, so I'm going to guess, I know what the answer to this, but dairy is help does not help with inflammation. And I know this and I love cheese. I don't, drink milk or anything cheese it's my nemesis but like if people are suffering from inflammation what are the foods that they should stay away from okay it's the big five which are trans fats excited toxins corn sugar and gmos those are the ones that you need to get rid of so let's go through each one of those quick less a little less quickly um trans fats and excited toxins um each one of them are chemically created and are put in our foods to help to either give it a better flavor profile or to give it a shelf life. So I said that those are the things that generally are made into food-like products. And it's not really food. So if it can be on a shelf life longer than you can be alive, it's pretty not, it's not, it's not good. That's not something you need to be putting in your body. So what that's not only doing to, um, to your body on a cellular level, it's also helping to decrease your, your, um, your neurology from working properly too. And when that happens, then you tend to get a lot more issues too with pain and inflammation. So the trans fats and excited toxins, you'll find if you read the ingredient label first on whatever food you buy, you should be able to, and I'm sure you've heard this a bazillion times. If you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like Jack LaLanne used to say, if God didn't make it, don't eat it. <laughs> and and that's one of the best pieces of advice I remember hearing. And I get, remember that when I was 12 years old at the Olympic Training Center, I remember hearing that. And it just stayed with me all, all my life. Because it's true. It's totally true. Um, so that what trans fats and excitotoxins do is stop your cells from working at their best in that it can't, you can't get nutrients into a cell and toxic debris out because they become more rigid and that's the trans fat side and and the excitotoxins actually just keep on perpetuating a a state of of excitation in the nervous system especially in the brain so when you're looking at people with addiction too this is a a huge aspect of what is actually happening with food when you're that you're eating you're you're constantly making these triggers re- submit themselves over and over again with, with excited toxins. So you, you need to not get those either. So that's the glutamates, the MSG, um, trans fat, uh, cottonseed oil. That one gets me too. Cool. Why, why would you sit on and like suck on a cottonseed when you really think about it? Like, why is there cottonseed oil or something? I'm a human person. I'm not out eating cotton, <laughs> but it's in your food. Look at it. I mean, that's what it is. So you need to just like, just use a little logic with this sometimes, you know, honestly. Um, now the biggest one that a lot of people don't know about is corn. This is the anti-inflammatory nugget of the century that I learned about and probably about oof, almost 15 years ago now at this point. 
Now I come from the Midwest, Wisconsin, you know, I grew up with eating my kettle corn with my dad and we'd go out and into the fields and pick corn and you know, all that, that whole thing. That's how I grew up, but I have not touched corn in 15 years since I've learned about this. And, and here's why there's, it's a twofold reason. First of all, it's the chemistry of the plant. So I'm going to get a little sciencey on you, but not too much so that it's boring. I promise, because science is fun. <laughs> you rock it out. You do it. <laughs> so the deal with corn is this. Um, the body wants to be in a state of stasis in regards to any kind of injury or, or inflammatory state, right? So say you just had surgery. You have all these markers that go in and, and go in there to fix the area, right, and get you out of pain and to heal you. Okay. Well, when it comes to inflammation, there's a specific loop that happens in your body that um, omega-6s will be the thing that will increase inflammation and give your body the marker that there's something that needs to be fixed and there, that there's something in, that's inflamed, right? That's omega-6s do that. Omega-3s, omega-3 essential fatty acids, are the antithesis to that and turn it around so that you have no more inflammation. It, it's that's what cleans it up right so that's the feedback loop like oop i got a cut oh sixes go up okay threes go in and repair the sixes and now we're back in stasis okay so one to one is stasis now the body can handle one omega-6 to or excuse me one omega-3 to like four omega-6s that's still something that the body can handle right corn the chemistry of the plant for every one omega-3 that there is there are 80 eight zero omega-6s, which means like if you have one kernel of corn, you would have to take 80 omega-3 essential fatty acid pills to reverse what's going on there. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big deal. <laughs> that's yeah. a really big deal. So basically if you're eating corn of any sort, corn chips, corn starch, corn in the cob, high fructose corn syrup, God forbid, that's even worse. Any, any kind of corn, that's like adding gasoline to the inflammatory fire. So your knees are just going to be in pain all the time. You go, go ahead and go get you some tortilla chips and eat, eat some of those after you have a painful walk, you know, like that's, that, that's causing the problem. That is causing the problem. So that, and then sugar is the other thing. Sugar is very, very, very acidic and any kind of environment or microbiome that's more acidic is going to lead to more pathogens or more problems. So pathogens being bad guys, like a virus can live better, a, a bacteria can grow better, um, uh, parasites and other things that may infiltrate your system can thrive better in an acid-rich environment. So the more alkaline you are, the less incidents you'll have for breakdown, and you'll actually be able to fight off all those bugs and stuff too. So sugar being a major con contributor to an acidic environment is another thing that is why it's part of the, the big five and the GMOs. This is the other half of the corn story. Um, so corn is the number one, most genetically altered plant on the planet and companies like the lovely Monsanto has put pesticides into the genetic coating of the seed so that when they, when you plant the corn, it's already a pesticide in it. Well, guess what? Then we eat that. That's how it works. It doesn't go anywhere else. And then it goes into the soil and it just screws up everything else, which is why you're seeing so many animals and insects dying 
because they're getting exposed to this stuff first. And that's one of the things that frustrates me beyond all measure, which is another reason why I want to have my platform of uncommon medicines to bring this more and more to the, the forefront. And it's, it's happening more and more now, but um, studies have were shown that um, corn that was eaten by lab rats at the same amount of consistency that would be like a normal um, setting for a human to eat did actually, and in fact, grow mammary and um, liver tumors, cancer. So GMOs are a, a real thing and they're really not good. So that would be the other thing that I would look at for your inflammatory markers. Wow. Sure. I. So in February, I was in Mexico and I remember being at the buffet and I had my omelet and I was trying to eat, you know, lower carb. Um, but of course, the pastry section was right there. And, uh -huh. you know, my spouse, he'll give me a hard time if he sees me eating that stuff. So I, I remember putting a few pastries on my plate as I'm waiting and I just ate them. Right. And I, I was like, okay, well, I'll eat them before I go to the table. He'll never know, which for me, that was a very addictive behavior. Like it's yeah. something I recognized right away, but yeah. the trigger goes right. And then I drink mango smoothies all day long, oh, which yeah. just sugar, sugar, sugar. And I got yeah. back from that trip and I was like, I, that sugar is my trigger. Right. And I heard a podcast actually where a doctor talked about how some like carbohydrates for some people, you know, the different types. And you talk about a lot of the, like the processed food, right? Like that, mm -hmm. the, the food mm -hmm. that's not real, that can be triggers for some people. And I heard him say, you know, would you ask an alcoholic to drink a couple drinks a day and maintain? Like right. I cannot picture having two glasses of wine or two beers and just being like, Okay, I'm done. Time I'm done. to go to bed. I'm like, I'm the life of the party now. I've just gotten my little appetizer going. Like, we're uh -huh. going to do some real table dancing here. Right, and, right, and, right. And so sugar for me was something that I was like, I have to cut this out because every time I have sugar, I crave more sugar. Well, intuitively, you made the right choice. And scientifically, that's because sugar actually triggers the exact same receptors in the brain as heroin. And wow. it's just as addictive. It's exactly the same. So you truly are engaging in addictive behavior anytime you, you're firing off those, those sugar sensors. Wow. Okay. So I did the right thing. And I, you know, I, I talk to people who have these addictive behaviors and I'm like, well, what's something you eat that you find yourself snowballing after? Because if you think about it a lot or you have a little bit and you want more, like I couldn't have a chocolate chip cookie and have 12 on the tray and not eat them all. Like that's just not me, right? And so I know for myself, even doing things in moderation is mm -hmm. really a fine line for me, especially stuff like sugar. When I keep it out of my diet, I yeah. do way better than if I have the occasional sugar treat, right? But let's talk about addiction then because sure. addiction comes in so many different forms. Myself, it was drugs and alcohol, food, and well, pretty much everything else that one could be addicted to. But I know a lot of people that I talk to, it's food, right? It's, yeah. you know, um, and they destroy themselves. So we talked before the interview about like repairing the brain and the body. Can we get into that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I was exposed to quite a bit um, in the earlier part of my career is the musician market. <laughs> uh, 
uh, saw a lot of a lot of guys that um, you know were, were professional musicians and bands and that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of drugs and debauchery going on there. Um, a lot of awesome stuff too. Uh, but it also did really open my eyes and, and awareness to what kinds of things are being ingested and how the body is breaking down from them. So what I would do, I would be the person on the other side of that, that would just be bringing in supplements all the time to help replenish the things that were being depleted. In fact, there's one point, I almost did this and I might still go back to it again, but I was gonna write a book called The Socialite Survival Guide and uh, just go through what each kind of drug does, how it depletes your brain and your body, and then here's what you can take as far as, you know, an herb and supplement and food to replenish it. And um, so I have, I have a bit of background on this one. Um, each, each substance is different, um, how it affects the body's ability to repair is different. You know, when you're l looking at something like the difference between alcohol versus cocaine, you know, you're, you're, one's taking you in one direction and one's taking you in a completely other direction. Then if you add heroin into that, that's another direction altogether. And these are all very, very addictive substances, obviously, that's why we have this issue. Um, and so where I generally start with, with looking at this kind of, of dynamic, um, omega-3 essential fatty acids tend to be one of the very first places I look at replenishment because it is one of the things that really truly starts to help to bring brain repair back on track. Um, serotonin generally is that area of the brain or dopamine, serotonin and dopamine that that's like where, where the lab rat will just keep hitting that, that bar, right. And that lever. And that's usually how we become over time. And when you become in highly addictive states, you just, you're not even thinking anymore. You just want to get that nugget, right of whatever it may be. So um, giving your brain the ability to have more reserves of serotonin and dopamine, that's those, those two in particular are really depleted a lot with um, MDMA and ecstasy. So getting stuff that like a 5-HTP, which is a precursor for dopamine, that's very helpful. Um, one of the ways to bring it into the body. That's more important though. You should drink it with a juice of some sort because that helps it get past the blood brain barrier better. Um, and all these things that I'm, I'm suggesting now, like I'm not telling anyone to please go and do this. You need to talk to a physician before you do this. It's to be very, very clear. Um, but I can give some blanket information of, of some things that if you just look, even just Google it online, you're like, oh yeah, I can see that that will repair that stuff. <laughs> um, another thing that I would approach from the repair side of, of things is looking very heavily at an alkalinized diet and one that has very, very high doses of live probiotics and live plant-based foods. So avoiding the grains and avoiding the sugars, which will create those triggers, uh, and then replenishing your gut with the good flora that it needs to actually get nutrient value out of the foods that you're eating and, and restore the neurology. Because whether you know it or not, your gut has 70, almost 80% of your immune system and your neurology are, are in your gut. So the gut-brain access, you know, you have a lot triggering it off and firing off when you're looking at addictive substances, but your gut 
is using even more space to to deal with them and and have you know have a reaction to them so it's not just about what you do with your brain it's about how you clear out your gut and and give your your you know your liver and your kidneys a little support too obviously because you're you know they're they're going to be working over time <laughs> yeah 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 just slightly yeah no that's awesome because i i don't even think of that stuff right i mean i'm just like okay i gotta stop and I wasn't even thinking about, you know, what I eat, probiotics, stuff like that, omega-3s, like none of that stuff. It was just well, like... See, and that's that's one of the things for sugar in particular, um, aloe vera juice, apple cider vinegar, and live probiotics like uh, kefir or a drink called Kavita or um, what's another one? Oh, coconut water kefir is my favorite. That one's hmm. the best, best. But those not only help to stop and reverse the gut issues, but they also stop the brain triggers. So you get less of that craving. It brings the cravings for the sugar down by doing more of those. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cause cravings, a lot of people don't understand what triggers cravings, right? It's just right. like, I don't understand why I can't, you know, stop stuffing my face with donuts or right. You know, like I would, especially stress, when I was in times of very high stress um, and I was dealing with weight issues, I would drive home from work and I would go and have a burger and fries and the parking lot and I would run out and go and throw away the garbage so that I could hide the evidence and then go home yeah. and have dinner after that. Right, right. And I'm like, what is making me do this? Well, some of that is actually the, um, the trans fats and excited toxins are sincerely causing that lab rat effect, like I was talking about earlier, uh, they are highly addictive. And sa same thing with the casein and, che and cheese, that's highly addictive and will require that you want more and more of it. And that's one part. Then the second part, when you're eating foods like that, they have very little nutrient dense value. When I say nutrient, I mean like real actual stuff that the cells need to do their job. So when you're eating a food-like product, like a McDonald's burger, it's food-ish, <laughs> but <laughs> most of it is is just processed flour and 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 chemical shit, honestly. Mm -hmm. So when you have food like that, you're not getting satiated, and so your brain is constantly getting triggered with the excitotoxins and the trans fats, and then you're not getting the actual nutrient satiation. And nine times out of 10 too, you're also going to be more dehydrated because of all the salts and all the other chemical crap that's in there. And so your brain actually has this mechanism where it can get tripped up thinking that you're hungry when you're actually thirsty. So a lot of people, when you're starting to feel like you just want to have more food, more food, more food, if you just take a really, really good high mineral salt, like a, a like a pink Himalayan salt, or even better, um, a, a French gray salt is one of the best because the, the sodium content is very low, but the mineral content is very high. Put that under your tongue and just let it dissolve and just count to like 20 and drink a, at least eight ounces of water. Nine times out of 10, that craving is going to start to deplete, deplete quite a bit. And you can keep doing that as routine and a consistency. And the more you do that, the, the more you'll be able to have that moment of like, okay, stop, <laughs> stop, and, 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 and have a tool. You just need a tool yeah. to be able to do something like that. Oh, I love that. I have the, um, the pink Himalayan salt that 
every so often I'll just lick some of that and I'm like, okay, right. I'm good. Right. <laughs> right. Because I have problems. I do, you know, lower carb right now because I'm trying to stay away from the sugar. So I just try to get a lot of good protein in as, and mm-hmm. vegetables. But there's times where I feel dehydrated. So I use the pink salt to up the, you know, help me with my hydration yep. as well. Mm-hmm. And That's I great. also get the leg cramps now because the older I get, I'm fun. like, no. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. But that, that could be magnesium though too. Mm. That's right. I've heard that uh-huh. before. Yeah. So you had mentioned that you were in the Olympics. Do you want to touch on nope. that? Cause... Nope, I was not in the Olympics. I was, okay. <laughs> I was training. Training, <laughs> was sorry, training my bad. Level. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. I did train at the Olympic Training Center. I, I qualified at nationals. Oh God, this is such a long time ago. So I was, I was 12 years old, 13 years old. And it was the, the first 1984 was the first year that rhythmic gymnastics was in the Olympics at all. It had never been introduced before. So, um, in 1985, that's when I, um, first started doing rhythmic gymnastics and I ended up being the best in my state. There was no one else that was at the same level as me. I mean, I've got pictures of me standing on the podium and I'm all by myself because I was the only one. So um, when I competed at nationals, though, that went nationally, obviously. So there I qualified. I was in the top 11. And so that qualified me to go and train at the Olympic Training Center. And I did that two years in a row and was on my path to go into the Olympics. It would have been the 88 ones and or 92 one one of the two i can't remember at this time <laughs> time <laughs> like, flies jesus i just turned 49 so you know this is like <laughs> it's like another lifetime ago uh, but regardless um i i did not we, I, I did not go to the olympics because at the time my family and i we just we couldn't afford both i couldn't afford to either either go to college or go to the olympics we just couldn't do both and um since rhythmics was so new at the time, there weren't any college scholarships like there was for regular gymnastics. So I made the, the tough decision at the age of 16 to retire. And then I became a professional water skier <laughs> two years later. That's so, yeah. awesome. And that, and that I did win the world championships in that too. So that was, a, that was my, my athletic background. I tried gymnastics um, for a year when I was in high school. And actually, the, when I got first, just before I got sober, I hired a, um, a, um, trained personal trainer mm-hmm. and we were in gymnastics together. We realized this was, oh, stop. After, yeah. And That's she, awesome. she actually helped me get sober. So it was kind of funny Aww. that this all happened, but we laugh about it. Cause I'm like, I can, still to this day. Okay. I could not do a cartwheel. I've tried <laughs> and I just, I, I can't. Happening. I can't do it. So well, I'd, yeah, I I was I would toss things in the air for thirty feet and do a bunch of weird twisty bendy things underneath it and catch them again. So at, to this day, like if there's enough champagne flowing, I'm sorry, I'm talking to addicted people. I'm it's sorry. Okay. No, <laughs> but, no. But if, if that happens, um, and and there happens to be a hoop around, I will be twirling that around. And if if I see something flying at me ever, I'm immediately like. Whoosh! And catch it. <laughs> yes. Or I still have enough sense that if it's something dangerous, I will like kind of karate kid it away. You know, like God, going this way. <laughs> so you've got like cat like reflexes then. Oh, it's ridiculous that it stays with you. And not knock on wood, I'm so grateful. It's <laughs> you know <laughs> it's it's been very, very useful for me with in what I do too as a chiropractor and, and doing adjustments and stuff. I mean, I'm ambidextrous and I'm I get creative with working with people so that I'm not 
making my philosophy of what I think their body should do, do what their body actually wants to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's a, there's a fine line that I walk with that. Cause obviously I'm there to help them and do what, you know, the adjustments need to be done in a certain way. However, I, there's nothing that bugs me more than to go to somebody that, you know, does an adjustment that is just the only one that they know and, 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 and is really forceful and is really tough on my body. And, they don't listen to that. That just drives me bonkers. But nine times out of 10, um, most, most, most dogs, you know, tend to back off. Some of the old, older guys will do whatever, whatever they feel like. But, You're like, stop. But, you know, like, oh, yeah, I don't like, I don't like, thanks. No, I think <laughs> I've had one experience going to the chiropractor. And then mm-hmm. I went and saw a massage therapist after that and changed the way I ate. And that started awesome. to really heal a lot of stuff. So let's talk about the podcast that's coming up because that's kind of how we met and I'm really excited to start listening to your shows. Tell us what inspired you to start it. Well, I think it's the culmination of 20 years of being in this business and of helping people to degrees that have brought me to my knees, seeing, you know, people's lives change. I've become, I'm, when you work with me, I'm, I'm there a hundred percent, you know? So if you get some big life altering change, so I'm going to be bawling like a baby right next to you when you, when it's happening, <laughs> literally I'm like, Oh, that was so awesome. I love it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's happened so many times. Um, but what's, what I also see all the time is people coming up to me and saying, wow, how do you know about all this stuff? I've never even seen it before. And I'm like, wow, how have you never seen it before? I've been doing this for 20 years, you know? So I, I realized that I have been a bit of a trailblazer. Like even in California, I was doing things that people hadn't seen yet. I just have been in the right place at the right time while technologies were coming out and learned from literally the best minds in the world. And so what I find to be very common is really very much still unknown. And so I wanted to change that. I wanted to have more of a voice. And, you know, there's this thing called Google that people use quite a bit and can, you know, give you lots of information. I've (laughs) heard of it. Yeah. I think I've heard of it. It's this little useful thing. Um, But this useful thing is also really annoying. And because um, it's the, the, you know, you can always find somebody that says whatever you're doing is bullshit. And as much as I appreciate having an objective approach to things, I mean, I did cancer research and immunology. I like to stand behind science. I'd like to see the actual, you know, hypothesis worked out and done properly and, and with, you know, double blind randomized trials. And I'm very adamant about anything that I touch and I use for my people has that kind of a background to it. Now, when I'm talking to people, that may not have seen some of the stuff that I use, they just automatically can go into that bullshit mode instead. And so I want to be able to have a platform where people can come to first to get the right information delivered in the real way that is based on the actual science, not the, well, which one am I supposed to look at? Because they're, they're both saying opposite things, right? So that was my other kind of inspiration for this is to, to, be able to bring on the, the greatest experts in the world to talk about all these different kinds of devices and, and ways of, of living that are good for your body, good for the environment. Um, and, and I want to make it fun. And I'm not going to do a Dr. Mercola show. I'm, I'm not going to do a Dr. X 
show. Those, those guys already exist and God bless them. I'm so glad that they do. I'm going to be more dorky and real and, <laughs> and I'm super geeky smart, but I'm also the biggest dork you'll ever meet. So <laughs> I like to kind of bring those two things together because that's what is human yeah. about, about our experience. And, and so I'm also bringing all of my celebrity background and I'm going to, I want to have a show that has people coming in and, and talking about very uncommon experiences besides. So, you know, I have a, a person that I know who won an Oscar. I've never won an Oscar. What's it like? That must be really cool. You know, yeah. I want to hear about that. That's a very uncommon experience. That's very common to her now, but <laughs> not to me. So that's the kind of stuff I want to have. It's, it's science, celebrity, and uncommon solutions. That's what the show is about. Oh, it sounds amazing. I can't wait till it airs. And I love, because I find there's so many fads out there and it's complicated the crap out of everything. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. like, okay, I know why I'm not going to eat carbs because I have addiction to sugar. So certain right. things will trigger that addiction. But it's like everybody wants the quick fix and they want it now, right? And I'm very, I'm an all-in person. So if I want to do something, like when I wanted to start my podcast, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. Then I'm going to mm -hmm. start a business, right? But there's so many like, oh, just, I love that you're you're looking at the science behind everything because there is so much crap out of there and people just yeah. get sucked into it. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I come across this all the time, like every day, almost. And, and, and still people still questioning the validity of what I do still, you know, and, and, and I don't mean just me personally, but, um, my, um, my entire profession of chiropractic and the entire profession of functional medicine and integrative medicine. And, you know, when I keep getting the negative, that can't work, it's bullshit kind of stuff, that's when my competitor comes out and the, those years of, of being like, yeah, no, it is real. And here's how, you know, and, and that's, that's, I just want to be that voice, the voice of hope and of truth and integrity and real stuff that really works for real people all the time. And it has been for years and it's safe and it's effective. And I can, bank on it every time I use it, you know, like that's, that's the kind of stuff we need to know more about. And why not? We don't, ha it doesn't have to be a pill for every ill. It's not how it works. Why would you, why would you want to have to, uh, well, here's a little tangent. Please explain to me the difference between choosing to take your prescription medication versus choosing to not take supplements because you can't afford them or you don't feel that they work supplements are nowhere close to the price of most prescription medication. And for the record, people say, you know, I'm not going to go to Whole Foods all the time. It's whole paycheck. Well, you know what's more expensive than buying really good food? Heart attack. Heart attacks are really expensive. Super. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just look at big picture perspective here. If you can do little things all the time that may cost maybe three or five dollars more like seriously that's when you go to Whole, or when i go to whole foods i have actually done this comparative where i went to a major grocery store chain in la and i went to whole foods and i went shopping the way that i would get foods that i that i eat to make my body work at its optimal function and 
the, the cost ratio was damn near the same, honestly. And that's even getting like really nice grass fed beef and that kind of stuff, you know? So it's not that hard. It's just a matter of learning how to do it, being patient and recognizing that it's going to be a learning curve and that's okay. And just embracing the fact that, look, I don't want to be tethered to drugs for the rest of my life. When, you know, you do have to brush your teeth every day. You do have to exercise. You do have to drink water. These are all still the same sort of mindset that you have with, with choosing good foods and doing proper supplements and proper lifestyle changes. And it's not that expensive. It's really not. Not in the big picture. I mean, look at how expensive it is to get Zoloft or, you know, whatever might be on the market these days for, for whatever you should go and ask your doctor about right now. Yeah, you like, have uh, something wrong. It's something new. Nobody yeah, knows about it. But here, take this right. pill. Yes. Oh, and by the way, the study that was done on that was done in-house by our own scientists, but it's saying that it's super effective and not harmful. Yeah, bullshit. It's <laughs> what I don't watch TV very often, like very, mm -hmm. very rarely, but it's when those commercials come in about all the different, you know, the, oh, the side effects. Yeah. And I'm just, yeah. I'm like, yeah. wow, that sounds like a good time. Like, okay, you're going to be super happy, but you're going to be on your deathbed. Just yeah. so you know, super happy, but dying. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 20 second commercial and 15 seconds of it is saying all the things that can go wrong and they end with or death. And it's so, and, it's so, and they just put it in there so nicely. Then if it could be or death. Yeah, it's like, but be like, more what? happy today. Did you see what just happened? Yeah, exactly. But I, I think because it's, I, and you know, I know a lot of people in that have recovered from some sort of addiction, they yeah. will often turn to pills. And, um, you know, well, especially. You know, yeah, I'm sorry. I no, shouldn't interrupt. it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, just, when you're looking at addiction in particular, there is a really fine balance between a, a good medical approach with prescription meds that can help decreasing the side effects of getting off of the addictive drugs. And, and so I'm not here saying that you shouldn't work with an MD approach and with, you know, allopathic medicine too it's integrative i feel all practices should work together yeah. um but now please <laughs> continue with that it just you just i just wanted to make it clear that you know especially with really hardcore addictions it's it is really really harsh and tough to not have a little bit of additional assistance when there is has been so much damage and depletion within yeah. the system and I yeah. think because people look at doctors, most doctors would be like, well, they, it's my doctor that prescribed me. Like my doctor, right. um, they operate a little bit different. And when I was depressed, he made me go into a program. He put me on antidepressants. He got me up and then he weaned me off of them. And he said, that's it. Awesome. I'm sorry, but you need to do the work. And so he yeah. put me in a program and he's like, you need to go see a counselor. And he took me off them. And even he you know i shared my story after because obviously he knew i was an alcoholic but he you know i went for my surgery my second surgery and he won't give me any narcotic prescription yes, anymore he won't give excellent. me sleeping pills nothing because excellent. he's like no you have an addictive personality i'm not going to give you something but most people are like well it's from a doctor yeah yeah well you know i i actually went out to lunch with a guy who was in the dea and he was telling me that they do more stings in pharmacies than they do looking for illicit drugs on the street now. 
there's, there's, there's actually more addiction happening from prescribed medications than there is from, you know, that person on the street corner that you're getting your drugs from or whatever, you know, I know that's a, an old school way of looking at it, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, if you think about it, the opioid crisis, where, where does that come from? It's, it's not coming from where it used to, that's for sure. And that's, that is frustrating. And, and I, I, I find that to be so much more rewarding that I did choose the path that I did so I can give people other options than the ones that they are getting from, unfortunately, a lot of irresponsible doctors out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, it's, I'm very mindful now. It's like, okay, prescription, mm, is that really going to make it better? Or can yeah. I, you know, ask somebody that I know, and now you're included in that. Can I ask somebody that I know and yes. I trust? <laughs> okay. What should I actually be doing instead? Because, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't, get prescription drugs anymore and I'm super grateful for it. So, but yeah, I, I think we need to do a part two. Um, and we talked about <laughs> that this may happen a small series. I'll do that. I'll do that. We can but, get really like, like super specific on, on just certain areas of things. And, um, instead of blanketing more, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do a survey. I think when our episode launches and just say, what are some key areas that you want to total, yeah. you know, be scientifically geeked out on because I love that stuff. I love digging into the reason why because yeah. it makes me understand it more too, right? I mean, totally. I, I totally. took a whole page of notes here. Yeah. From... <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I'm excited, but I, yeah, love, I, love. I just want to thank you so much for being on my show. I appreciate it so much. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime that I can be of service and bring some information and, and you know, give some people some resources, that's that's all I can ask. Honestly. And how can so people reach you? Oh, of course, I can get. Uh, I can get. <laughs> I, I can if I can get my mouth to work. I'll tell you. <laughs> she's a unicorn, though, so she's special. Know. It's time, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yes, people can get in touch with me, uh, especially through my website. That's the easiest way. I do still um, do concierge medicine where I travel to people, but I have an office in Milwaukee and my website is called sanerx.com. That's S as in Sam, A-I-N-R-X, sanerx.com. And all of my contact info is there, including all my social and all that kind of stuff too. So. Perfect. And don't forget that shortly after this airs, the Uncommon Medicine podcast, which is going to yes. be phenomenal. Yeah, I'm excited. I've got a couple of really great, great folks coming out the can right away. I'm, I'm bringing in um, um, a friend of mine who is a fashion tailor for in New York City. And so like uh, when the stars go to the gala every year, she actually like tailors the clothes on them to fit them better and that kind of thing. And she's worked with people on Jimmy Fallon show and like all, all kinds of people. And she's, she just designed a face mask that has a filter in it that is washable, that has the same technology that the firefighters use. And she made it fashionable and really cool. So it's like stuff like that, that I'll be talking about. I have people that do integrative medicine and, and functional medicine on a telemedicine platform and they're just releasing that um i mean i have a couple of my celebrities who are going to talk with me and and go through some of the stuff that we've done together and then just 
what an uncommon life looks like to them. So th- there's a re- there's a some pretty good stuff coming out right off the top. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to be binging. I have to make sure I book <laughs> the weekend off so I can right. just binge listen to the first bit. I love. I love. I appreciate awesome. it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for being here. Well, I hope you took lots of notes and make sure you go check out Dr. Grace's podcast after this. Go check out the link in the show notes. But guys, if you're struggling right now because it is some unprecedented times, make sure you reach out. You don't have to go through this alone. My email is tamar at theroadforward.ca. You can contact me anytime. And also, if you ever have any ideas for shows, um, like I said, I'm going to be pivoting in the new year. And so we're going to continue moving forward on this road, but it's going to be a different road. So I look forward to filling you guys in next week. And until next time, be safe out there. That wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast, where my mission is to empower you to live up to your true potential because you're capable of so much more than you think. I know from experience, it can be hard to make healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick. I work with people to help them create a vision, define their goals, and identify the roadblocks that stop them from achieving them. If you'd like to learn more about my individual and group coaching, visit my website at www.theroadforward.ca. And when you're there, make sure you sign up for one of my free live workshops so you can start your journey today.